Hey guys, it's Heath here for another quick intro. Uh, today's episode is named after a novel that I really appreciate, so I thought we'd talk a little bit about books. I've always been a bibliophile and an avid reader. Reading has always been not only a hobby and an interest of mine, but a way to unwind and almost a form of therapy. I find that much of the time, if I'm feeling down or have been in a bit of a slump, that usually coincides with a period during which I haven't been able to or haven't made the effort to do much reading. I know reading in the traditional sense may not be everyone's cup of tea or maybe a challenge for those who struggle with eyesight problems or dyslexia or any number of things like that. So I actually listen to a lot of audiobooks, and though the medium has its own set of pros and cons, it's still a great way to engage with stories. Whatever the medium, I just love stories. We all do here at STF. The story is the heart of what we do, the most important element for us personally, because I think we all share the belief that stories are essential for growth and for healing. They help us see through the eyes of others, increasing our empathy and our connections to our fellow humans, and they allow us to see in others the traits we'd most like to embody and the pitfalls we'd most like to avoid. And of course, stories provide the added benefit of being very therapeutic at times, and exciting, emotional, intense, inspiring, funny, or silly at other times. I know many of us at Southern Tomfoolery are excited about the upcoming fourth book in the Stormlight Archives series. If you're in the Discord, pop over to the Library of Datapads chat and let us know what you're reading or listening to, what stories have moved you, helped you through a tough time, or just made you giggle. Anyway, let's jump back into the story of the Apollo Protection Agency in episode 87, A Farewell to Swarms. I'll know what time it is. Starfinder. It's Starfinder Thursday. Oh yeah. Yep. Yes, Can we up, get that? Blah, blah, How's blah, it going? Uh, it's going well. I would say well. well I'm proud of you yeah, for saying awesome. well instead of good. So, yeah. Well, you, you know, know, you know, Zach's going to be on the grammar. He's that's, the one that, that yeah, usually it, calls us out on. It. Yeah, it's true. Thirty Rock is that. where I learned that one. Straight up. <laughs> Not in English class. Nope. Yeah, no, well, I mean, I knew it from English class, but I didn't, I don't know, I retained it because of Tony yeah, Rock. right. And Tracy saying, Superman does good. You do well, son. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Tracy Morgan taught a generation there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Heath, how, how are you? You were, you were a little under the weather yeah, earlier man, this week. I gotta say, it's been a rough, like, month and a half. I have my whole foot issue, I'm still wearing a boot, and then I got... I mean, I, I it was negative for Corona, but I kind of don't believe it because I had so <laughs> many of the symptoms. Like, mm -hmm. I had body aches, chills, horrible nasal and chest congestion, fever, like everything. All of it. Yeah. And I well, took how do you a, feel now? I've still got a little bit of congestion. 
Um, but I'm, I'm definitely not like as fatigued and like in literal pain as I was. So clean 48. So, I'm, I'm hesitant to even go as high as 48, but yeah, so 42, 42, 42 44, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Feel right. It doesn't feel And right. not really clean. More, you know. It's, it's a little dirty. Yeah. A little it's, dirty. It's, yeah. 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 Not quite a dirty 30. It's a little over that. No, <laughs> no dirty 42 is what it is. Dirty 30, 42, yeah. okay. Hey, while, while we're here, I, I've got a... <laughs> we are here. Uh, we are, we are. I just want to go ahead and address something now because it's become a trend, all right? Okay. Ready just so we're all clear on this, an alley-oop is when one player passes the basketball from far away in such a way that another player can then catch the ball and dunk it. Yeah. Well, That's what an issues. alley-oop That's, is. We've had issues with, with understanding of that term. Who? That's what I'm, Who? That's Who? What I'm saying. Is player call-out? Emily. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah, okay. Well, oh, okay. well, Emily alley-ooped up onto a table, but she did it by her goddamn self. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole point of saying, I love a good sports metaphor, and alley-oop is one of the greatest ones, but it inherently involves another person, particularly giving them the glory, like letting them do the cool thing. Well, You're just passing them the ball. You know? Well, let me tell you this. Let me break it down for you real quick. <laughs> Okay. If you can't help yourself, how are you going to help anybody else? So. All right, RuPaul. <laughs> then you just shouldn't be involved in an alley-oop. I thought you were going to say sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. You can't help yourself. Part. It's just a solid oops. Yeah. Hey, that, Josh, that was good. Okay, okay. I like it. But yeah, I, I mean, like I'm not, it. I'm not trying to mansplain everything right here. But like, it's as the sports guy, it but is like killing me that we go keep alley ooping <laughs> when it's not an alley oop. You know, did that happen more than once? <laughs> well, I, I feel like the alley oop thing came from hideous tomfoolery. Uh, yeah, it was first that, mentioned there. That well, because um, Steve has uses the term alley oop sometimes and uses it correctly and does really good at it ooh, and i think <laughs> i think Steve. emily heard him use it really well and was like "Ooh, i'm gonna add that to my arsenal and <laughs> then did but you know fired backwards i don't want to mansplain you yeah. but it's backfire <laughs> go on <laughs> go on please I, i'm totally listening uh-huh yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying there's plenty of times that we that are, are alley-oop worthy like uh-huh. the coolest example would be like if you threw oh mike inevitable downfall and he like got a kill with it that'd be an alley-oop that'd be a uh, perfect alley-oop yeah you know? yeah that sounds like it i bet um <laughs> so do you want to get chicken tonight or do you want me to make something oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i i <laughs> sorry i don't know where i went there <laughs> just slip into some kind of 50s housewife. You got him. Well, I'm just, I'm just gonna go fuck myself for the rest of the episode. Y'all have, y'all have fun without your tank. Oh we'll see. You. I love you. Heath. Oh, I love man. you. I love you too. Oh, man, wow. Oh, well, uh, we're just gonna alley ooze our way right back into the game. Oh. Adam, can you give Shut us up, a, a quick recap? Now uh, you're just abusing. I feel like that. it's been a, a, some time since we've actually played. Well, yeah, it's it's been some time since you guys have played. It's only been a week for our listeners, well, but w- I will I will help you out. I will help you out here. You guys are going deeper and deeper into the mine beneath New Elysium. Um, you've had quite a few encounters along the way, uh, starting before you even got into the mine with the doctor, um, who is a reptoid, and caused a little 
party strife. Uh, but then you went further and found the source of the Gloomwing infestation, fought that off, went deeper in, had a pretty harrowing encounter with a mining robot, and took its uh, speaker weapon and its magma blade. And then you went down and found this barracks uh, that's pretty deep into the mine. And it's very cold and you, you found these void oozes there and you fought them. And what, what has been leading you along this whole time has been a signal pinging from Rami. And the last message that you got from Rami was that Indigo 13 didn't make it and that she, or that they, Rami, wasn't likely to make it either, especially since you heard the sound of what sounded like a weapon discharging into herself. Um, along this path, you heard laughs and shouts and weird sayings coming from the rocks and had to test yourself against this corruption. And Emily, uh, Ziva went a step further down that corruption path. Um, but here you are in these barracks, you have taken care of the oozes and that is right where we ended last session is right after defeating the void oozes. And so you haven't really had any time to explore the barracks and, and deal with things. And I think everybody's kind of starting to feel a little spent. I don't know. Uh, That's where yes. we're going to start. Yes. Feeling very spent. Um, yeah. Uh, all are right. You going so somewhere. <laughs> no, that's how spin I am. I'm oh, just wow. that, I'm done. So I guess um, you know after the oozes are gone, Orin will just be like, uh, "All right, search the place. Let's see what we can find out." And and proceeds to investigate the barracks. Okay, uh, let's just start with kind of what you generally see here. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Once the oozes die, the light level kind of returns to normal and there is some powered light here in the uh, barracks so and the so oozes were kind of sapping that the right. light out okay correct absorbing it cool. uh, right um and so now that you can see a little clearer and there isn't as much shadow or void about you um you can see right here in this kind of main common room the body of Rami uh, obviously dead from a self-inflicted head wound yeah we were right there too yeah like right around the corner so yeah you could have waited like just a couple of minutes there is no well, coming back from that we weren't there when we got the call from her right correct we were still further in the mine yeah you were about an hour away when you got the call but still, oh, okay. but even then, you know. Um, oh. So there's that, and then you're looking around, and you don't find Indigo 13's body. However, you see a pile of ash with some various gear. Oh. If you wanted to roll a 
mysticism. You can do that. Can I assist? Uh, No, not on knowledge checks. Okay. You can roll your own if you'd like. Uh, My dude. My dude. First roll of the night. Natural 20. Hey, hey, I got something for you. Hey, man. Come on. Hit me with it. It's been a while. My dog ate my phone, so I didn't have the capabilities (laughs) for a while, but it's back. Hey, oh, it is. Yeah. So, what does that bring it to total? Uh, it's a 36. Okay, yeah. So, 36, you would recall that, or intuit maybe even, that void oozes, when they kill something and they roll over it, they dissolve the body into ash. Mm-hmm. And so, Indigo 13 was... was and, it, and it's really just all the like biological components, you know. So yeah. like, all of her, all of her gear and stuff is still about, but there is nothing left of her. Well, yeah. Orin just points at the, you know, at the the, the heap. It's like, eh, who's got her? It's a damn shame. Oh, I mean. So Emily has a question. Coming mm-hmm. around the corner, um, I'm sorry. Is this like a plant or that's is that, that green stuff? stuff on the ground? No, that's a, that's a plant. Oh, okay. Well, it's like a fake plant, right? Okay. Oh, okay. I was it's, on the map. It looks very kind of nimbusy. It looks wispy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I just uh, want to have it on air that I pick up my my new LFD screamer because I dropped it in the last fight. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm just not letting Adam pull some bullshit. Like, oh, you oh, never you picked it up. Like, I've never oh. done that to you in any of our games ever. But, yeah, okay, let's make sure that we get it on the record that you picked up well, your we're, weapon. We're in Signal Screams, dude. I don't Fair trust enough. you anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, okay, so. what? What's what's the gear that they have on them? And right, can so, we get yeah, the card? For, for, for Indigo 13, um she has a D suit two, a tactical seeker rifle, an advanced semi-auto pistol, forty long arm rounds, and twenty small arm rounds. Rami has on her a silver Abadar Corp travel suit, a Thunderstrike Sonic pistol, a battery, and their customized comm unit, which is a tier three computer with the hardened, miniaturized, and range three and also has a self-charging upgrade and a built-in motion detector and then of course there's the card to access the the doors the security doors well i got a pretty good haul on our last loot and that all sounds like some y'all stuff so have at it yeah i kind of want that rifle okay so that is a sniper rifle i believe uh, the uh, seeker rifle is it's just a long arm. Like my okay. my latest iteration of Evelyn upgrades is based on a seeker rifle. Based on a seeker yeah. rifle. Okay. However, Oren would like to brush the ash off of that advanced semi-auto pistol, and he'll just take his tactical semi-auto pistol out of the holster and just throw it on the ground and it holster. goes off and shoots fell in the forehead. No, dude, come on. <laughs> That's fine, man. So how much Jesus. Like, let's 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 roll roll rocks. Let, let's see how much damage you do. All right, so yeah, you can go ahead and drop that on there. I think for you, Fell, that seeker rifle is is yours unless I mean, John, you're you're sticking to operative weapons, right? 
Yeah, because I'm an operative. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Savage. You don't say, John. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Walk out. Uh, <laughs> boom. Uh, so the computer. I mean, I don't know if anybody's interested in it. You can take a. You can take a look at it if you want. Um, I mean, especially since you know that that's where the signal was. Yeah, I mean, it's worth one of y'all having. It just somebody that has the computer skill. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely take it. Um, I mean, Phil, do you want that? Well, his, his stuff's probably really. better than that, right? Yeah, you're yeah, upgraded. Yeah. Yeah, right. I was saying somebody else that has the computer skill, that would probably be an upgrade for. I mean, Kuiper, do you need... If only we had an operative in this group. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. I'll go ahead and take that, yeah. All right, well, I mean, you, you take it and you look at it and you see that Rami has wiped all personal data from it. You know, like when when you open it, there's not any password, but it's just like an empty, like brand new, you know, miniature computer. Well, that and was totally really considered. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, exactly. yeah. I bet. However, the only thing, the background image on the computer screen is a picture, a recent picture of Rami in a smiling Indigo 13. Aww. Aww. Mm. It makes me sad. But yeah. I still want to say my thing. I bet that she has like a built-in or had like a, a bio wipe or something, you know? So like if her mm. bio scans shut down, it just automatically wipes the computer. For mm. Yeah, that's what she I She just do. wanted to Bi- make sure that browser history was cleared. For exactly, sure. exactly. Bio wipe just sounds like Sci-fi jargon for toilet paper. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. I'm gonna give one of these to our girl Rami. Oh, does she have a computer eye? Yeah, she does. Really, actually, technically. So that's all that's on on them. Uh, let me go ahead and get a computer's check from you, Fel, because you've been tracking this signal this whole time yeah sure you know you can certainly aid kuiper since you're holding absolutely the computer mm-hmm. can anyone else aid no nope. i mean certainly you auto aid right i'd imagine he would yes i do yeah all right all right so 26 for me plus his aid 26 for you plus his aid yeah it's a fairly it's a 28 yeah it's not great but it's certainly enough 26 was the actual dc for you to pick up the signal. So you were tracking Rami's signal, but now you see that she had been tracking, of course, a signal deeper in the mines. Uh, but you now have that, which is going to give you a plus two on your, when we do the mind checks. Oh, nice. To your, to your computer's roll. Why don't we get a perception check to search the rest of this little area here? Sounds okay. good. I can okay. do that too. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, natural 17 plus 19. Okay. okay. I think that's also a 36, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Help yeah. me. What's a 14 plus a 14? Not a 36. It's 28, Emily. <laughs> okay. Did you go to elementary school, Emily? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. It's Adam. <laughs> yes. Move us along before oh, I get okay. testy. Uh, hey, what's, yeah. what's, a, what's a three do for me? <laughs> uh, you you leave your 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 LFD screen. No, I don't. You, you <laughs> <it on> <laughs> All 
no, okay, so what you find as you kind of search through the various rooms of the barracks, and you guys can move yourselves about however you see fit, if you want. Um, I guess the doors are locked, but um, anyways... As you search and you go through some of the different rooms and stuff, you find a self-heating pot, a Mark III culinary synthesizer, both of dwarven make. There's a cabinet that holds nearly a nearly empty bin containing 300 UPVs Ooh, nice. and a handwritten note in dwarven that provides three synthesizer recipes. Do any of you read dwarven? Oh. Hell no. Now, Emily, doesn't um, Ziva have like a little like language trick on. that she can do? I do, absolutely. I do that. What is uh, it? Yeah, Skilled what is it? linguist. Okay. Cunning um, linguist. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. You can speak and read a number of bonus languages equal to your ranks in culture. Additionally, when you attempt a culture check to decipher writing, you can forego expertise die uh, and attempt to check this in full action. And a Approximately 250 words of writing or fewer. All right, let's get that culture checked. In. Um, that's gonna be a lot. <laughs> um, Here we go. Elementary math, folks. Can she do it? Yes, I can. We're really giving Emily the hard gonna time. Gonna be yeah. <laughs> 33. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. What what you can do here's here's how we'll, how we'll do this as you're looking at this note and you're kind of looking you know it's it's found in the same place that same area that this culinary synthesizer is at and this self heating pot and you see like the pantry has been labeled in dwarven and you're noticing some of the same words on the pantry labels as on the note and you're able to decipher these as recipes uh, for the synthesizer so you can make dwarven stout dwarven whiskey and spiced dwarven sausage oh Oh, shit that's synthesizing sausages baby just get that and do it baby (laughs) yeah Um, makes the hell out of whale polyps I was going to ask while because Mike didn't need any of this loot and it's terrible at perception and stuff. Can I already have been like working on taking a 10 minute rest? Like, because I need stamina super bad. Well, here's the thing um, it seems like you can fortify this area pretty, pretty solid. All right, everybody, like take the hint. Here. Okay, Adam, we think this would be a great place for a long rest. No, nah, fuck yeah. that. We press on. No, we yeah, do yeah, not. Yeah. Captain's Josh orders. Said it. No, Josh said it. No. Josh isn't the captain He's in this not show. The Josh captain. is sitting pretty with not, not having taken a single hit and having full resolve right now. Well, yeah, Josh could fuck off. You don't have any ability. He has like zero abilities that recharge no on spell. a rest yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's all because you've got a really good tank. Okay, who takes all the damage for everybody? You guys, we haven't discussed this, but I honestly think that Fell is is tankier than we all give him credit for. He just never has to take the hit. He just never uses it, right? Well, because fucking Mike's in the way. You know, know. I'm I'm not saying he's he's a bad person for it. Thunder. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just the the roles that we exist. Well, Mike's got to get close. You know what I'm saying? Put the hands on him. That's the oh. biggest thing is that, you know, fighting with a ranged weapon. Right. I get up close, the opportunity right. attacks left and right, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. True. True. So. Uh, go ahead. 
so we're we're definitely going to fortify the space uh for sure that's happening mm-hmm. um is there anything else like i see these like maybe i'm just confused by the map these glowing things that look like they're on the wall are those screens like or were those displays. like the yeah that's just the screen it's like a tv screens okay but there isn't any kind of computers that we can that hack for you know information no i mean you you've basically as i said made your way throughout the whole barracks and it's pretty empty um mm-hmm. what what you i think could probably assess now that this was a barrack for dwarven miners specifically as everything seems to be kind of fitted and sized towards that um but you know any computers that are there like that were part of this are broken you know not functional in any way they're outdated by quite a quite a bit i think we said it was a ps3 and a ps5 world type of situation (laughs) right right Right. it's Um, not not backwards compatible for sure yeah Um, Right. But, I mean, as I said, you know, there there are still beds, and, you know, with the side of a um, few moths here and there. And don't worry, they're not giant moths. Uh, you Thank could, you. You could, you could get a rest here, for sure. So, yeah, okay, before we do that, or- Orin is, you know, wants to kind of say, um, yeah, uh, whatever they found down here, they hadn't been back quite some time. Oh, yeah, okay. so all the all the doors there. Are, oh, they are. It, it, I mean, it's it's you know it's a little it's a little barrack space, but as I said, there's nothing other than what you've already found of any interest or value. Um, Those are tiny beds. It's adorable. Yeah, they are little tiny beds. Um, okay, so uh, they're, they're little race car beds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're little uh, loader beds. Oh. Throwback. Wait, did I somebody like say it. a loader? Right. <laughs> yeah, there it is. All right, so since Fell's good, he's going to be inspecting every one of these loader beds. <laughs> um, or it'll be he's going to build bed. a loader Fel bed. The, quit. Leave me alone. He's going to build a loader <laughs> bed Voltron by the time we wake up. Um, yeah, so it is the plan then to to take a re- long rest here, right? That yeah, is, we're going to make if, some if sausages real quick. Spot, yeah, let's make some sausages. And take a nap. Yeah, some beer. Make some whiskey. You know. Yes. Um, you can do that. You're able to do that because there's like various powders and chemicals that you can put into the synthesizer. And, you know, the, uh, the whiskey is strong, real smoky. Um, the beer is a stout. And the sausage is spicy as hell, but delicious. <laughs> Which awesome. is nice because it's freezing here. You know, yeah. like you're going to have to sleep in your armor to resist the cold, mm-hmm. you know. With the exception of Phil, who just uh, apparently that, has like no problem with anything right. that's going on, he's loving so, it. He's, hey, he's does in, that mean we're going to be yeah. fatigued? Um, no, no. So I mean, uh, maybe technically, but I'm not not imposing goodness. that. You do all healing prior, get yourselves up close enough to where when you sleep, you're my good. Man, you know? My man, my man. However, we do have to do some corruption checks because it's the end of the night. So that's going to happen. So let's start with you, Oren. Okay. I can do that. So it's a will save. It's going to be a will save. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, ooh, I've got it. That nice will save. Uh, so that's going to be a 24 on the okay. will save. You are good. Mike, let me get your will save. 
Uh, that's a natural one. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do on a natural one? Kill me. No, I just <laughs> ought, you don't get to kill everybody. To use the, you don't get to use your resolve to to fight that. It just happens with a natural one. So you've moved up to stage three. Okay. No, no manifestation or anything like that. Twins. But you just moved up to stage <laughs> yep. three with a natural one. Evil I mean. twinsies. And so Evil right. Twins. And so, talk to me a little bit about what's Mike's feeling because remember, your corruption is is being intimidating and. and uh, being a presence of fear and you also have all these things going on what's going on in Mike's head there I think now that he's getting a little bit of time to uh, you know be out of the fray have a little whiskey a little spicy sausage that's really nice at first and he like allows himself to enjoy that but then everything that's been weighing on him kind of hits him like a ton of bricks like he had allowed himself to forget for a minute and then it kind of all hits him as he's sitting there having a nice glass of whiskey, you know, nearby with his fellows. But then all of a sudden remembers, like, how angry he is that they killed the the guests that were corrupted, that he's still, like, really incredibly disappointed, and, and, and he called everybody murderers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that was a very serious thing. But he's also, he he's even more torn especially because of Oren, who really helped him out in a pinch and saved him, and they worked well together in tandem in that big uh, robot fight. So he, whereas normally that would be the kind of thing like, okay, well, maybe I, maybe I overreacted a little bit. I still I, I don't like it, but he, you know, Oren in particular showed that he, he does have some good in him. That may be the case, but it makes him even more pissed off because he just wants it one way or the other. He either wants to be right about them doing this terrible thing or, you know, them not be... He doesn't want to be conflicted, and that kind of conflict of interest just makes him even more pissed off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, okay. save Mike from the reptoid. No big deal. Look, I'm just I know. Look, I'm I heat them saying you've done great, <laughs> and I appreciate it. But playing Mike, the character, and and especially yeah. looking at how this manifestation is, or not oh, manifestation, but corruption is doing, you know. What about you, Phil? That's good. Thank you, Heath. Actually, I, you know, I, I will give you an inspiration, though. Thank you. Okay, personal deck. Got a personal... I got a bipolar popspiration from our good buddy Tristan from Tampa, Florida. It says, uh, remember to treat your enemies like a bra on titty mic. Lift and separate. I like that. Proud of you, Tristan. Well done. All right. Well, with that That's- out of the way, we still have other corruption checks to do. So, Fel, you're up next on the corruption check. All right. Let me get that roll. That is a 14. Mm. That's going to take two of your resolve if oh. you want to make that a success. I'm sorry, a 15. I mathed like Emily. It was an 11 hey. plus 4. Ribbon elf. <laughs> uh, okay, you're fine. <laughs> awesome. I'm sorry. Did you just perv chuckle at yourself? <laughs> Rub, rubbing off. All right, Ziva, you're already at stage three. Well, how much resolve do you have left right now? I have four. And okay. I, this is because I 
I didn't know if I was going to die and need resolve, so I held mm-hmm. on to it. So, okay. Um, okay, yeah, that's a 14 uh, plus 9, 23. You're good. You're good. And Kuiper. Well done. Uh, Kuiper rolled a 18. You're good, too. All right. Nice. So... Just Mike tonight, huh? Just, just. Well, we'll see. Uh, just Mike for right now. There's another thing we need to do. Heath, you're one. Emily, you're two. Zach, you're three. Josh, you're four. John, you're five and six. You're all fine. I'm rolling this d6 here. Hmm. I don't okay. like it. All right. So you guys mm-hmm. go get your rest. First off, I need some nightmare sounds. So here we go. At a radar station on a remote planetoid, there's a buzz of activity in the station's communication wing. A VESC communications officer hunches over his station speaking into a transmitter. The radar screen can be seen in the background peppered with red dots. Confidence is high. I repeat, confidence is high. Command. Sensors report over 300 targets in track and counting. I want to confirm. Is this an exercise? A brief pause as the officer listens, then exclaims to the rest of the team. This is not an exercise. He then opens another communication channel to the nearest fleet. Attention, Kestavall. We have a massive incursion inbound to Vescarium space. Calculated alignment indicates hostiles en route to Kestaval. Prime command demands their blood. The power core refineries cannot fall to the swarm. An immeasurable distance away, an emergency broadcast echoes through the corridors. Attention all personnel. Code Green is now in effect. Hostiles approaching. Report to your stations and secure yourselves. Those assigned to squadrons proceed immediately to the hangar, depart, and fall into formation Wrath. BMC Devastators are now priming mass drivers. Kuiper's blood runs cold. His fur immediately feels statically charged. Filing into the Norikama dropship, Kuiper thinks to himself, Formation Wrath. Formation is only when we encounter the swarm. Disengaging the docking clamps, the vessel lifts off the floor and speeds out of the hangar. Blankets of Vescarium starships float in formation just outside Kestavol's exosphere. The pilot has just enough time to fall into the armada before the holoscreen projects a live data feed of the High Admiral. All right, soldiers. I know you're as anxious as I am to get up close with these bastards. For some of you, this may be your first encounter with the swarm. You've all read the briefings, a ravenous species that exhibit no fear and grant no mercy. Instantaneous communication, capable of executing orders without hesitation, and a nasty knack to evolve to overcome any obstacle. Add in the fact that reports indicate they outnumber us three to one, and the nearest reinforcements are four days away by beacon. No matter the amount you've prepared for this, understand, this 
is sink or swim. On any day, I call this good odds for a Vesk. What the Swarm are incapable of understanding is, is that we like it. We Vesk relish the opportunity to show who's hungrier, who's stronger. That is what makes the Veskarium fearsome. The soldiers that live this day to see tomorrow can bear their scars in pride and relive this battle in song and cups over the feats they've accomplished. So grab a gunner's seat and keep shooting till they're fucking dead. Alright, let's bring some good news back to the Dreadnought Emperor. Battle cries swell from the deck and are transmitted on all channels, signaling the offensive to peel away from those remaining in the exosphere to serve as defense. Due to their immense size, the BMC Devastators look as though they're barely moving, even when flying at incredible speeds. The long wait is uneasy, tense, and cramped. Idle time makes restless soldiers and Vesk exemplify this attitude. The additional support squadron in tow has already gotten physical with the crew and damaged the passenger seating bay out of frustration. Just when another spat was about to take place, proximity alarms reverberate through the deck as battle tactics are issued. Starships are identified as enhanced sensors pull up a live display of the swarm looming closer. No sight of any survivors from the initial fray, and the painful reminder that reinforcements are not coming. One carrier takes the initiative and engages its mass driver, a movement impossible to track or dodge. It simply reappears, colliding into a dreadlancer with its massive prow. A crumpled gash erupts viscera and crew from the living starship as the pressurized environment of the hull collapses. Breaching pods eject from the carrier filled with dutiful Vescarium soldiers, slaking their thirst for conquest with a final glory run, fully aware they won't be making a return trip. Another swollen, swarm dreadlancer fires its superplasma cannon, creating a visibly large breach in the net where BMC maulers defended. On cue, the living ship bursts waves of fleet furies, becoming leaner in the process. The dropship sensors struggle to keep up with the instantaneous growth of combatants that take on the appearance of a large ooze, blotting out chunks of interplanetary space in the background. Kuiper feels the ship shift as a torpedo comes close to hitting the aft. Bracing against the G's, the ship barrel rolls and cuts sharply to face its attackers as the remaining armada engages in a full orbital dogfight. Out of the main window, several Nabor starships have chewed through the Vescarium defense as shrapnel and soldiers rain against the side of the ship. Another Norikama dropship explodes in the unmistakable sign of a cascading failure in its power core, erupting caustic plasma and incapacitating surrounding interceptors in the blast wave. Then bright purple light fills the bridge, followed by a blast wave as the ship is clipped by another superplasma cannon. Critical damage to life support and engines. The ship shudders from the obvious sign of atmospheric drag. The pilot shouts, Get this can online! I need to control our descent! Kuiper tries not to imagine the impending freefall as the ship shudders violently. The ablative heat shielding will hold out only if the pilot can keep it angled. Engaging his mag boots, Kuiper opens an access panel and shields his face as sparks flare from melted cables. Triaging this mess without the atmospheric drag would be enough trouble. Seconds feel like minutes 
as Kuiper replaces circuitry, patching the failing systems to reroute power from the gunnery to the engines and to the thrusters. Life support won't mean anything if the ship becomes a fireball. With engines back online, the pilot re-engages the thrusters. His voice booms over the comms. It's not enough! We're not rolling! Immediately, Kuiper is thrown to the opposite wall. Regaining his senses, he watches as the chief mate tears access panels off their hinges and bypasses safety systems. Steam starts venting as the burly Vesk manually opens the secured valves through raw strength and begins recalibrating the ailerons to aid the pilot in a hard roll. The vessel angles itself just in time for the pilot to scream, We're still coming in too hot! Brace yourselves! He catches sight of the forest and banks towards it, timing the descent to avoid the rocky outcroppings that surround it. The landing is sudden and violent. Kuiper's eyes open and starts coughing as he re recovers. Processing his surroundings, he confirms the forest softened their landing, but a wing was ripped off before impact. In his periphery, he notices the broken body of the chief mate. He didn't have time to fasten himself in. His head was caved in from the impact, making him barely recognize aside from his sheer size. Collecting himself, Kuiper performs a quick assessment and verifies another five fatalities. Shaking off the pain, he helps drag a mostly intact artillery crate out from the wreckage. An inventory check indicates eight plasma bolters, two heavy conquerors, and enough batteries to split among the survivors. At the sit rep, the soldiers fall in and the science officer informs the group of a beacon five clicks north outside the forest. Looking up, Kuiper can barely make out the outline of a BMC Devastator due to the thick atmosphere on this planet. At least the fight is still going on. Beside him, the science officer responds, We'd have a bigger problem if it weren't. Let's not waste daylight, Kip. Hopefully we can reach command from the beacon. Approaching the beacon, the squad rises over a hill and comes upon a wrecked Norikama dropship. Nearby, a Mind Reaper holds a corpse by the head. Its arm spike plunges in and swells as it gorges the soft organ inside. The corpse reacts violently as the intruding spike hits a nerve cluster. The Vesk soldiers hiss menacingly at the lone swarm combatant for feasting on a comrade. The Mind Reaper steps back, seeing the situation is not in its favor, just as a Thresher Lord comes out from behind the wreckage. A gunner shouts to the group, We have contact! The large creature's rapid clicks swell to a deafening resonance as it claims ownership of the prey before it. Immediately, the heavy gunners of Kuiper's squad step out in front, ready to eradicate with heavy prejudice. The familiar low-pitched warble of plasma-based conquerors echo across the battleground as the heavy units fire their payload, allowing the rest some time to spread out. The Thresher Lord withstands the barrage as a shrill psychic scream resonates throughout the forest, stunning the group momentarily. Two Koravoxes appear from behind trees and lob volatile projectiles from their organic acid cannons, coating several soldiers in corrosive waste. Caught unaware, two gunners fall as the ground beneath them caves in, and three dredgers pull them deeper into the shadows. Seconds later, the ground below them shudders from a violent explosion. With massive blades grafted to its forearms, the Thresher Lord uses the confusion to go into a frenetic blade storm. The scene is grisly. Half of the crew who crash-landed lay dead or holding their guts. The swarm's numbers have dwindled as well, down to the Thresher Lord, a bloodied Mind Reaper, and a Koravox. The smells of charred flesh, overheated circuits, and toiled earth are punctuated by sounds of gunfire. 
A chorus of death wails and gurgling join in on the grotesque harmony. Kuiper starts gasping and coughing violently as he surmises what is likely a fractured power core from the nearby wreck, leaking caustic agents into the air. He immediately engages his environmental protections as a helmet and closes around his head. He tries to relay the information, but only blood comes out, spattering the thermal glass from the attempt. Watch out! screams the pilot. Before Kuiper can recover, the Thresher Lord is upon him swinging wildly. In his attempt to gain distance between himself and the creature, his foot loses purchase over a severed head. As he's falling backwards, an arm blade swings over where he stood, but the reach is long. The arm blade finds meat and bone. In a second, Kuiper's forearm is severed cleanly at the elbow, blood spraying from the wound as he rolls down the steep embankment into some foliage. Pain. Blinding, searing pain blossoms from Kuiper's severed arm. Instinctively, his other arm grasps at the wound. He can't think nor speak. To his right, a vine hangs loosely from the canopy above. Not wanting to bleed out, Kuiper cuts the vine down and by force of will manages to fashion a tourniquet to stymie the bleeding. He activates the painkillers in his suit an injection mechanism found in many Vescarium armors. The pain recedes to a distant flare. It's quiet. The battle appears to be over. Who won? Kuiper does his best to keep quiet and unnoticed as he ascends the hill to get a view of the area. The ground is littered with swarm Vescarium troopers. He doesn't see the Thresher Lord anywhere among the bodies. About a dozen yards away, he spots a flash grenade clipped to one of the corpses. He carefully makes his way toward the body when he hears the thrum of wings. Looking in that direction, he sees the Thresher Lord closing in. Viscous gobs of saliva dripping from its maw. Sprinting now, the body is just feet from Kuiper. He dives next to the body as the blade narrowly misses the Patra's flesh. Unclipping the grenade and with deft movement, he removes the pin and rolls out of the way to gain distance. Just as he feels the heavy thudding of his pursuer, he drops the flash grenade and sprints toward the wrecked starship. Now blinded, the Thresher stops and begins flailing wildly. Meanwhile, Kuiper is readying front arc weaponry subsystem of the wreck. The Thresher recovers from his daze, sees the Patra, and charges. With a high-pitched whine, the persistent particle beam releases its energy into the Thresher, tearing it into chunks of viscera. The light dims, the edges of Kuiper's vision recede, and then black. Kuiper is stirring like crazy in his bed as he's like reliving this vividly as a nightmare. Y'all give it up for John. He wrote that. Yeah, good job. Yeah, I was about yeah. to Jesus. say, I really want to watch that movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I actually got to kind of get a little preview uh-huh. of this one. Uh, nice. John, John sent it to me for kind of yeah. editing. That's what I miss about living with, or John living with me is getting to help all this behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, you are going to wake up fatigued, John, Ugh. as this nightmare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you spent all this time writing a dope you flashback did, just to get, to get too good of a job, man. Okay. Yeah. I will give you an inspiration, though, for a uh, job. Okay, well so that's another. All right, so bipolar pop I know things have been getting rough. 
So I decided to write you, a, you guys a poem to make you feel better. Roses are red, violets are blue. Wait, what's that dark shape standing behind you? Boo. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, that's good. Uh, um, beautiful. So, you know, uh, that was a beautiful flashback, John. Uh, well Thank done. Um, it was long, so you may have forgotten that I rolled a D6 mm-hmm. before you guys went to sleep. Right. And, and I rolled a 1, so Heath, you, yeah. were, you were the 1. Um, so you have a nightmare too. Now I don't have a beautiful, elegant, uh, flashback or, or anything for that because this is an actual mechanical effect. What I will say that while you're dreaming, you dream of that skinless, small child sized thing that's been fucking with y'all this whole time. And what I need you to do is roll a... I believe that's going to be a will save. Yes, it is a will save. Okay. Okay. Uh, That is a... Nine. Ooh. Ooh, BB. I've had some bad luck the last couple episodes, man. (laughs) Uh, So, you have such a nightmare that you actually... PP on yourself. No, you wake (laughs) up uh, in the middle of the night, unrested. And you become frightened for three rounds. (laughs) Um, And you cannot willingly re-enter the resting state for an hour. Um, So you're tossing around. You're frightened when you first wake up for about 18 seconds trying to get your bearings. And then, like, you're, you're just kind of can't sleep for a minute. Now, let's see if you can go back to sleep in an hour. I need you to roll the saving throw one more time. Okay. And use an inspiration if you need to, dude. Uh, it's all good, because I just rolled a natural 20. Oh! Okay. Noise. There it is. Alright, so you are able to then sleep, um, and you will get your full rest, however, you will also be fatigued. Uh. And no I mean, I still got like fucking six hours of sleep. I was up for one hour. I mean, you got your, you got your full eight hours. You know, you just slept an hour later than everybody, I guess. But like, you're you still just didn't fe- get you didn't get REM good sleep. sleep. Yeah, you didn't get, you didn't get, get into REM sleep. Okay, so fatigue it's is not, it's not how that works, and we all know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fatigue is under the condition. Yes, yes. Right. So you have to yeah. add the condition, and then you have to turn it on once you've got it. Okay, there we go. Okay. All right, cool. So, you guys wake up the next morning. Some of you not well-rested at all. I'm sure Fell is chipper as hell making dwarven coffee. In the <laughs> making some dwarven coffee, mixing that yeah. whiskey with it. Right, right, right. That's kind of what I was getting at, you know, with, like, the Irish coffee. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we were doing the same thing, and I didn't realize that's what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Okay, um, so... Here's the thing. You guys should be familiar at this point. I assume you're ready to move move on. There's nothing else yeah. you want to do uh, in this Pretty barracks. much. I mean, as we're kind of uh, gathering our, our things, Orin will look at Mike and be like, Hey, uh, big guy, you all right, man? You look like shit. My eight hours of sleep wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't enough to prevent me from 
being quite fatigued. I don't know, maybe I've got coronavirus or something. Oh my god. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Mike? I mean, coronavirus. I mean, you, you've been carrying around that corona artillery cannons again. Is it, like, infected with something? Or? We're not doing corona jokes. No, no, no. There it is. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that was a good one, Josh, but I, I just don't want to go down that road. Fair. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I only got eight hours of sleep. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Maybe it's this place, you know. It's, um, it's a heavy, heavy place, you know, maybe. Mm, maybe it's a bullshit status effect. Shouldn't have. Jiva. 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 Jiva smirks and winks up at wow. the sky. Yeah, this, <laughs> this, sky mine, Daddy. this mine is really fucking y'all up. Can <laughs> you get your name right? Uh, uh, yeah, but in, in response to... Irony, in, in all seriousness, he's like, yeah, I don't know, just, you know how it is with this place, uh, it takes its toll on all of us. Uh, before we get back on the, uh, the old grind, as it were, I did want to say thanks for helping me out with the, the robot, you know, I was, I was in a bad way, and you, uh, you really saved my skin there, saved yeah. my scales, as it were. First, it's a good one. First of all, uh, but yeah, Orin just kind of like claps Mike on the back and says, "Of course, man. Don't worry. None of us are dying here." And he kind of looks around at everybody. You know, none of y'all are dying here. Let's get this shit done and go. And you know, yeah, uh, takes, on board t- takes Evelyn out and, and you know holds holds the rifle in his hands like like he's ready to move. Yeah, Mike spends like two minutes like reloading all of his fucking guns. <laughs> uh, well, let's get those mind checks as we go deeper in to okay. the Erleka clan holdings mine. So, survival, right? Uh, let's start with the computer first, but it will okay. be perception for you, Zach. Oh, sure. And engineering for you, Mike, and physical science for Kuiper. All right, so computers first from Phil. Oh, no, that's a three on the die for a 22. Okay. What about the engineering? Well, hey, maybe my luck's changing. I got another natural 20. Hey, okay. Nice. So what that will be a um, 31 total. Very nice. What about the perception? Perception is a 33. Okay. And that physical science. 26 on that physical science. Oh, man. Did that computers in also count what you got from the signal? Oh, yeah, that would be a plus two. What did you, but what did you roll total? Uh, t- so it was a three 22. on the die, so 22. Plus two puts it to a 24. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Let me tell you, as you go further, further down, those laughs and those voices happen again, this time louder. And this time you can really distinctly make out such sentences as she'll, she'll show you she'll show you the way you'll see join us you know, just like laughing from nowhere and everywhere all at the same time and at this point it is like harmfully cold you know um and does our do our suits environmental protections block yeah, they kick on you, just, 
yeah. So, I mean, you, as long as you got your armor on, you're good, and you don't spend too long down here, you'll be, you'll be all right. Uh, but you, you can get the sense, especially with that physical science, um, Kuiper, that you are very, very deep, 10 miles below the surface, if not more. Okay, okay. Like, directly yeah. down, you know? Um, and... It's 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 this weird combination of like eager anticipation to find whatever's making this signal, especially those of you that are more corrupted than others are, are eager to find it, where Zach Oren is continuing to feel like impending doom the the further that you go. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean at one point like while the voices are in just like we're, we're walking in silence. Orange, shut the fuck up. And they she stop. won't show me anything. And they stop. I have a question. Yeah. Are these voices audible or are they like telepathy? Well, I mean, you, it's hard to say because you don't see anything making the noise, you know, but if you just take a look around your companions you see that they're all at least hearing it as well Mm -hmm. right but there's no visuals connected to what you're hearing so you don't know if you're hearing it in your mind or if you're hearing it for real as he says that and the voices stop ziva is going to use i don't know you make the call here but she's gonna just try it she's gonna use limited telepathy not to her party but to just putting it out there. Like targeting the yeah, voices. Yeah, does it require targeting? Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know, but just flavor-wise, anyway, she's thinking really loudly. Who is she? What does she... What does she have that she can give? Salvation. Truth. Well, that's me. I will look around though at the rest of the party did they hear that no they did not okay yeah all Aaron says is well you see you just gotta ask nicely <laughs> that is your strong suit Oren. and she kind of like pats you on the back a little as she walks by okay okay so, as you get further down, you come in, you come across a set of double doors. Another kind of space opens up. Um, the, the tunnel at this point is big enough to be two across, two abreast, as you're walking through. Um, who's trained in mysticism? I mean, I know Arn is. Uh, Ziva is as well. Ziva is. Anybody else? I think that's it, right? Yep, yeah, that's it. for sure, okay. man. I got it. <laughs> Mike, Mike's like really <laughs> high. Mystic. Uh, let me get two separate mysticism checks from both of you. As like you... one each or yes. two? Okay. Correct. Sure. One each. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's like bad. I mean, I rolled a natural seven uh, plus 16 for a 23. Okay, what about you, Cap? 17. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, all you can get the sense of is that these these voices are louder as the deeper that you've gotten, you know, and you're just kind of thinking about that and kind of the ramping up of the cold and the ramping up of the volume of the voices and the ramping up of your impending doom all seem to be working at the same sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Um, as we approach the doors, excuse me, as we approach the doors, uh, Ziva would throw out a uh, detect thoughts. It's a 60 foot cone. I mean, essentially yeah, you just de- de- detect the presence of, of your party. Okay. She might catch Orin saying a silent prayer to Ibra, you know, for for resolve and for strength as all of this sort of, you know, uh, bad vibes are just descending upon him. Yeah, and she, she might catch from Mike as he's eyeing his party just the same thing over and over again. Disappointed! <laughs> <laughs> and as, as Orin is praying and she's trying to prepare her party for whatever this fucked up fuckery is, um, she's going to throw out one more thing just to detect magic towards the door, and that's again a 60-foot cone. Mm, you do detect magic on the other side of the door. He sounds so disappointed by you like, thwarting his surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, good call, Em. Good real. call. I'm trying, and she would kind of like whisper in everybody's minds, be like, "I don't know what exactly is on the other side, but it's something magical." Oren, be ready. Hush. Check the door. What's the lighting yeah. situation? Just it's, pitch it, dark. Yeah, okay, start. yeah. Gonna go roll yeah. stealth. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, if it is, then I need to recast uh, Dark Vision. Yes, you would. Yep. So I'm just going to assume that I did and take yep. away a spell slot. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Now, you don't detect any magic on the door itself. Okay. And actually, I mean, you know, as you approach it, it just has that soft hum <gasps> as it opens, you know. And you can kind of see in to... It's like, looks like a storage area. However, at a very quick glance, you can see that this was obviously built as a storage area for mining equipment, but there seems to be also some scientific equipment scattered about. Um, as you guys step in, if you, are you stepping in? I'm sorry, I don't want to assume you're... No, we're just going to hang out by the door the whole yeah. time, dude. Yeah. Well, I think we've My seen enough. Yes, let's inspect this door right, for all five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so you step in, um, and I need everybody to roll a perception check. All right. Okay. Got you, Chief. Let's see what we got here. Natural one. Mm. For a dirty 20. Mm. For a dirty 20, though. What's funny is I rolled a natural 19 for a dirty 20. <laughs> hey! Wow. 16. Twinsies. 27. It's okay. I've got you with a 31. There you go, Cap. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, as you step in and you're kind of looking around, assessing this room, you all of a sudden hear these voices 
but like as loud as they've ever been. So as you step in and these voices just start raising in this awful chorus of, of macabre, you see all these spirits in this like cloying fog start to manifest. And, and Mike, among these spirits, as they manifest and swarm around all of you through the sea of faces, you make out one that you know all too well. Yeah. The ghastly visage of Gardenzio hovers towards you. Mm. Eyes hollowed out and his mouth a distended horror. His cold, rotten face is right in front of you and somehow from beyond the grave he speaks directly to you. Michael, you've come and found me. I knew you would. You are family after all. One of my favorite flowers, as it were. Oh, you've come to join me and the rest of the gardeners here, have you? Oh, thank God, there's so much to show you. We knew so little before her. She showed us all. Maz, Ricky, me, most of all. The pain you feel that you felt, it's made you strong. I saw that, at least even if you didn't. I was mad when you left. Yeah, but now I see this was all meant to be. You are here now, and I'm going to take you to her. You know, she knows that friend of yours, eh? Perhaps you can even see it again if you want. Oh yeah, I know all about your little bucket of bolts that you called your best friend. Come with me. Maybe you'll see him again. And with that, his arms reach out to your throat and water seems to fill your mouth. And we'll see you. There's entirely too many of these guys on the map. Um. <laughs> I, I just want to say. Good, good ending. Good yeah. It's going down next wow. time. So- this episode has been sponsored by Roll20. This is how we roll.